Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Introvert Theater Podcast. This is Sergio yet again, and today I'm going to talk about one of my favorite movies of all time, that being 1976's Rocky, starring Sylvester Stallone, Talia Shire, Burt Young, Carl Weathers, and Burgess Meredith. Now, like I mentioned briefly in the last episode, I think that what makes this film work is that it's more about the relationships Rocky Balboa establishes and how they sort of inspire others. As a result, the film has an immeasurable amount of heart, and it all pays off in the end. So the plot is fairly grounded, as it should be. It's set in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania in 1975, during America's Bicentennial. We're introduced to Rocky Balboa, who is a local boxer working for about $40 a fight, and and that's if he wins, and as a collector for a loan shark. The opportunity of a lifetime seemingly falls into his lap when the heavyweight world boxing champ Apollo Creed decides to challenge a local fighter when his initial opponent cancels only five weeks in advance due to an injured hand. So, Rocky eventually meets with the fight's promoter and is under the assumption that he's being hired to be a sparring partner for Apollo. But he quickly learns that he's actually going to fight Apollo in contention for the title. It's a rags-to-riches story, but at its core, it's about the relationships that Balboa cultivates and how those relationships are reciprocal in helping him get to where he needs to be, not only physically, but emotionally. And that is the best place to start in dissecting the story, because all the main characters are so unique and essential in helping Rocky grow as a person. So we'll start by analyzing the titular character himself. I would argue that everything we need to know about him is in his apartment. It's a humble yet cozy place. When you see it, you'd see where it could use a woman's touch or maybe a few t- touch-ups here and there, but it's it's part of his charm. Uh, Rocky himself is presented as an uneducated individual, but his heart is in the right place. You know he wants to better himself, and he has the street smarts and the basic know-how in getting where he wants to be. And that's all that really matters. He visits a local pet shop on a weekly basis, and each visit sees him trying to, I guess you could say, win the heart of an employee named Adrian. That leads us to Adrian. Adrian is a shy girl pushing 30. She has a tiny frame, glasses, and shoulder-length black hair, that drapes to either side, making it easier for her to hide from Rocky's advances and and uh, make obvious eye contact. Her introverted personality makes it hard for anyone to really associate with her, and we find later it affects how she feels about herself. Eventually, her brother Polly sets her up on a date unbeknownst to her with Rocky on Thanksgiving. She's already made a turkey for dinner, and to get her out of the house, Polly just grabs the uh, the bird and tosses it out the window and just goes on a tirade against her. She locks herself in her room, and Rocky approaches the door and is honest with his intentions about her and taking her out. The door slowly opens, and she's dressed and ready to go. So they head to an ice rink after hours, and Rocky pays the Zamboni driver for a few minutes on the ice. Adrian skates along in her oversized coat and beanie, 
And Rocky takes over most of the conversation as usual, talking about boxing, injuries, etc. He says he became a fighter because his father told him he didn't have much of a brain, so he'd better start using his body. Adrian kind of laughs at this moment because she tells Rocky her mother told her the exact opposite, in that she wasn't born with much of a body, so she better develop her brain. And it's a small moment, but that moment serves as a stone tossed into a small body of water. You know, it kind of creates a ripple effect. It's a moment of connection and something that they have in common. They end the night at Rocky's apartment, and Adrian's reluctant to go in naturally, but eventually she follows him in. Here they engage in small talk, and he eventually moves in on her, asking her to remove her glasses, then he comments on how pretty her eyes are, which leaves her sort of shocked. Next, he asks if he can remove her hat, which he does, and tells her he always knew she was pretty. And her reaction here is very telling. She tells him to stop teasing her. He tells her he's not, and a kiss leads to making out, leads to whatever happens from that point on. All of it feels consensual, though I, I think people may be put off by his approach nowadays. I think it works given the characters and their circumstances, but never at any point did I ever feel that Adrian would allow anything to happen if she didn't want to, because she's very sharp and knows where she stands and is very firm about it. Next, we'll talk about Mickey Goldmill, who runs Mighty Mix Boxing Gym. He's a bit of a curmudgeon who sounds like he gargles with rocks and drinks lava. At first, he has Rocky's locker cleaned out because he feels he's wasted potential. He is very honest and tells Rocky straight out that he has all the potential in the world and threw it away to work for a second-rate loan shark. Later on in the film, he goes to Rocky's apartment about midway through the film, actually, and offers to train him once he finds out about his chance at Apollo. Mind you, this is the guy who had his locker cleaned out, and Rocky has not forgotten this, and he sure as hell lets him know it. He yells at Mick and asks where he was when he needed a trainer, and goes on complaining about his apartment and how it stinks, and feels Mick just wants to see him get creamed by Apollo. He screams that his legs are shot and that he'll never hit his prime like Mick did. Mick leaves the apartment, shoulders slumped over, walking down the reflective street at night, and the the door to Rocky's apartment swings open and Rocky, you know, runs out to the end of the block to meet him. And this moment is one of my favorites in the film because the camera stays fixed on them from afar with this really beautiful perspective shot, and from that shot it shows both figures engulfed in darkness, but you see Rocky's arm sling over Mick's shoulders for an embrace and, and a handshake. Now, whatever is said is said between them, and we know what's transpired by body language alone. It's one of those instances where dialogue is not needed, and the setting, the score, and the framed shot just kind of work their magic. As for Apollo Creed... This is obviously not someone Rocky befriends, but he's the catalyst that sets Rocky in motion on his journey, this journey of the self. By contrast, Creed has it all. 
He's rich. He has the best trainers in the world and exudes confidence like like no no other. I, I guess you could compare him to a Muhammad Ali-type figure. In fact, in the beginning of the film, he's the one that, after researching local fighters, chooses to take on the quote-unquote Italian Stallion, or Rocky, in order to play up the bicentennial celebration, saying that an Italian discovered America, and what better way to celebrate than getting it on with, as he says, one of his descendants. He's more preoccupied with how he looks in the eyes of the media rather than listening to his personal trainer who just does not want him messing with the Southpaw. By the end and the film's climax, Rocky finds himself in the Philadelphia Spectrum the night before the fight and notices his image on a banner and that the color of his trunks are wrong. He mentions this to the promoter and the promoter is there and asks him if it really matters, implying that his money is on Apollo and that Rocky is just going to be an afterthought. So Rocky heads home and lays in bed with Adrian and expresses his concerns which is a tremendous weight on his shoulders as he feels he has more to lose because he's, he's, he's not sure he can go the distance with Creed. It feels he has to, I guess he feels that he has to um, prove himself and show that he's not a bum, in his words. And to everyone's surprise, come the fight, Apollo is humbled in the first round as he's knocked down for the first time in his storied career by Rocky. Adrian is waiting in the back, Polly is in his corner, and Mick is now shouting out their battle plan as his manager. Rocky ends up going the 15 rounds and ultimately loses by decision, uh, leaving both men looking worse for wear and tired and clutching one another, and as the bell rings, they both seemingly with their last breaths agree that there will not be a rematch. But all he can do while the ring fills with the media is shout for Adrian. She runs to the ring, they embrace, and profess their love for one another. And the credits roll. <clears throat> so, even though he lost the match, what he has gained you simply can't put a price on. He's gained a solid mentor in Mickey. Somewhat of a, somewhat of a brother figure in Polly. The love of his, of his life, who really helped build his confidence in turn and the respect of the boxing community and locals. I love that this film explores the idea of, of reciprocation and building relationships that are not only lasting, but beneficial for everyone involved, no matter how small that circle of friends and family is. Needless to say, there is a rematch and several sequels to be had. I've enjoyed them all for various reasons, though they never quite measure up to the original. I guess some honorable mentions include Rocky II, Rocky Balboa, which is Rocky VI, and Creed I and II, which features Rocky in a Mickey-like role, training Apollo Creed's son. If you haven't seen those, be sure to check those out. I feel like there's a lot to take from this movie in particular, and it's just very fulfilling after each watch. It's about as close to perfect as a film can get because it's genuine. Everything from the language or the lingo to the performances to the unforgettable score by Bill Conti, down to the locations in Philadelphia, 
which serves as a beautiful backdrop to a timeless tale. Philly has to be one of the most filmic cities out there. It's its own character and displays every crack, every imperfection, just like Rocky and Adrian. All of this makes a movie about a boxer feel like so much more. I think this is a good place to stop. If you've never seen this movie, I hope by now I've convinced you to give it a look. That said, I think next week I'd like to talk about Terminator 2. I'll go over why I think its its message is just as relevant today as it was back in 1991, and, as always, why it's one of my favorites. Uh, Until then, take care, and if you're listening, I hope you have a great day.